You have just entered a world governed by personal accountability where being a man is not an excuse for bad behavior, where complaints are not allowed, whining is forbidden, and excuses do not exist. Join us as we focus on the actual character of men rather than merely the trappings of manhood. Well, hold it. We're not doing that today. Today is story time. That's right, folks. Instead of the regularly scheduled podcast, I've decided to squeak in something extra in between. Story time with Alf. Let me explain. You see, deep down at the core of my soul, I am a storyteller. I come by it quite naturally. For thousands of years, telling stories was the way my ancestors conveyed important information from one generation to another. In my life, I've amassed a large collection of stories. Some of them are funny, some are sad, some are touching, and some are very serious. But they are all 100% true to the best of my recollection. These stories are also relevant to the mission here at Being a Better Man. Because in every story, even though these are my stories, there is some lesson, example, or other nugget that you might be able to apply to your life, or it might remind you of your own similar story. Either way, you should be entertained. So at the end of each story, I will talk briefly about what the lesson learned was, the moral of the story, in other words. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. The year was 1968. I was five years old. It was the first summer vacation after kindergarten, and I was blissfully ignorant to all the turmoil and strife in the world, like Vietnam and all the racial stuff. I was just a kid having a fun life. One day my mom told me that she had arranged for me to take swimming lessons, because the kind of kid I was, whenever there was water around, I always wound up in it, no matter what. And she knew it was only a matter of time before I would get in water that was too deep. So these lessons were a life-saving precaution on her part. Plus the fact that she had never learned to swim herself and it had developed into a phobia for her, something she didn't want for me. So we arrived at the Kelso Washington YMCA pool. While it was still cool outside, there were probably 50 other kids of all ages there. It looked like more of a prison than a YMCA. It was an old red brick building with chain link fences everywhere and there was a chain link fence separating the pool from the rest of the world, and the parents had to sit in some bleachers on the other side of the fence. Apparently, the instructors didn't want to be bothered with parents. There were two pools, a deep one and a shallow one. The deep one was the farthest away from the bleachers. The instructor in charge was addressing all of us kids, but my mother couldn't hear what was being said. The instructor said, by a show of hands, who doesn't know how to swim at all? So I raised my hand, along with some other kids, and then he asked, who knows how to swim a little bit? Well, not wanting to be outdone by any other kids and be inferior, I raised my hand again. Then he asked, who are the good swimmers that are here to learn how to dive? Well, even at five years old, I hated the idea that these other kids might know how to do something that I didn't. So I raised my hand again. It had not occurred to me that I might have to prove it soon. My mother, watching from the bleachers, noticed that I raised my hand three times, but she couldn't hear what the questions were. Then she noticed me walking off with a group of kids that were quite a bit older than I was. But she had faith in the authorities at the YMCA, as people did back then, 
and she was sure I was in good hands. The instructor asked us to form a single file line facing the pool at its deepest end. So I got in line. I was maybe seven people back from the front. One of the instructors demonstrated what they were going to have us do, which was stand on the edge of the pool, jump in, performing a shallow dive, then swim to the other side of the pool. Pretty simple. The first kid in line was asked to perform this simple task, and then the instructors gave pointers to the group. And then it was the second kid's turn, and so on. Now, you might think that I was getting a little nervous by this point, but I really wasn't because I was studying everything the other kids were doing. It didn't look that hard. I figured as long as I did exactly what they were doing, exactly how they were doing it, that I would get the same result and everything would be fine. While all this was going on, my mother had gotten into a conversation with one of the other mothers in the bleachers and had not been paying close attention for a couple minutes. When she focused again, she saw me, and to her horror, realized that I was in a line of kids that were diving into the deep end of the pool. She began screaming, trying to get the attention of the instructors, but with all the other noise going on, she was just too far away. She had to run some distance to the opening of the fence so she could get into me before it was my turn. And it was my turn now. I walked confidently to the edge of the pool, looked the instructor in the eye, and acted like this was something I did every day. I could hear some woman screaming in the distance, but I was focused on the task at hand. Quickly, I went over in my mind what I had seen the other kids do before me. I had memorized their movements. All I had to do was do what they did. Then I launched myself into the water just like they had done. Something was wrong. Instead of stroking gracefully underwater and swimming to the other side, my scrawny little five-year-old frame just sank like a rock. I had zero buoyancy. I didn't even get one stroke in. I just sank like an anchor. I came to rest on my hands and knees under 12 feet of water. The pressure was giving me a sensation I had never experienced before. Luckily, I knew enough to hold my breath, though. So there I was, just looking around on my hands and knees, wondering, <laughs> what's going on? What did I do wrong? I also started wondering, what should I do next? It was very surreal down there at the bottom of the pool. It all happened so quickly that no one really knew what was going on. The instructors were standing there looking down at my wavy reflection at the bottom of the pool when a frantic woman ran up to them, screaming, He can't swim! He can't swim! My mother had seen me jump as she was approaching, and the poor woman was terrified. I'm sure her fear was heightened by her own fear of the water, but about the same time as I noticed it would really be nice to start breathing again, this big hook, sort of like a shepherd's crook, was next to me. It went around my waist and started lifting me up. Once again, I had managed to become the center of attention at an otherwise routine event. My mother was crying, scared, embarrassed. The pool staff was angry and embarrassed. The other kids just thought I was an idiot. But after it was clear I was okay, then it seemed like everyone started scolding me all at the same time. My mom took me home then, and that was the end of my swimming lessons. I did become an accomplished swimmer later in life. I was even a lifeguard for a little while. But that's the end of this story. So what could the moral of this story possibly be as it relates to being men? Every story has lessons. Even if the lesson isn't learned at the same time as the story happened, it can be learned later. I think that's the case with this story. 
I can't possibly say if I learned anything that day, except that people get mad at you when you almost die. But looking back at it, there's a clear lesson that we can all glean from it. That lesson is the importance of knowing yourself, knowing who you are, what your strengths and weaknesses are. Also, the fact that pretending to be someone or something you aren't almost never ends well, because eventually you will have to prove it. So be authentic. Know who you are and be happy with who you are. And you will have the freedom to be an authentic person. And you won't wind up in water over your head. That's it for story time today. I want to encourage everyone listening to visit our website at beingabettermanpodcast.com. Subscribe to the email list. Immediately you will receive a letter from me and there will be a link for you to get the free report Five Steps to Become a Better Man Immediately. After that, you'll receive an email from me roughly once a week, but you email subscribers will be the first to know privileged information and get some special things that people who are not on the list won't get. Okay, guys, now head out into the world and be authentic and be a better man today than you were yesterday. This is Alf Herigstad signing out.